All right. Shall we uh, dive into the main show box? So we had sure. a we had a uh, we had a fire call the other day. Started out as a pretty uh, pretty typical run of the mill one. It was like four thirty in the morning. Fire page. Oh, I think I told you about this, but the fire the pager went off and it was like down power line C seventy. We're like, yeah. So I rolled over. Because I mean that's a super boring call. It doesn't take many people to handle it. But then I was like, you know what? Everybody else in the department is going to do the same thing. So I got out. Went anyways. So there was like six of us went out there, I think. A couple little grass rigs and engine two. So we get out there and me and Cody, the assistant chief, are sitting like half a mile away just running traffic, you know, because there's a lot of traffic at 4.30 in the morning. It was pretty pretty eventful. <laughs> so, and then the chief radios us. He's like, hey, why don't you guys come up here? We got a bit of an issue. Well, what happened was a freaking truck, this is going, he was headed towards Kingsley on C-70, swerved into the north ditch. And these were steep ditches, dude. Like, I don't know how he didn't roll it. He went in the north ditch, smoked the telephone pole, sheared that son of a bitch clean off. And usually when you hit a telephone pole, you're, I mean, it mm-hmm. stops. You, you know, he's lucky and, and it sheared off. So then he swerved back up onto the road, must have ramped it up onto the road. And there's a whole like oil slick all the way across the road because obviously he was leaking oil real bad. Went into the south ditch, ramped it up into the field, went through the barbed wire fence. Then drove like a couple hundred yards, went through another fence down into this other field. And then it looked like he stopped and threw some shit out or his door opened and he felt some stuff fell out. But up on the road, there was his door panel, like his the inside of his door panel, um, headlights, grills, all sorts of shit. And so once we got there, the cops were there and this dude stumbles out of the field, just drunk as a skunk. Didn't know anything. Didn't know where his truck was, if anyone was with him, anything. So we're looking for his truck because he uh, he was beat up. You know, he had a big gash in his head or whatnot. And so we're looking for his truck, trying to find it to see if there's anyone else in it. You know, if he piled it into a creek bed or something like that. And it took us a freaking hour and a half to find that damn truck because he drove it the way that he was heading. He ended up turning around and going back the other way, several miles up that way. So it took us forever to find the damn thing. And it was obviously like he took a telephone pole right in the damn near right smack dab in the middle of his, of the Mm -hmm. grill, you know, (laughs) son of a bitch. So it was all she should do, could do to keep going. I'm sure the engine seized up or whatever is once he got to that point. (laughs) So he was driving through the field for the whole the rest of the time until he got to where he stopped or yeah, he got he was, back on the road and he no he driving. was in the field he was trying to find a way to get uh, to get out but he didn't and he, if he would have kept going another like half mile he would have there was a field entrance there that he could have got out of but his truck died before then so how were you following his tracks or what no or we, we couldn't we couldn't be it was freshly harvested so there was tracks all over the place and everything mm-hmm. and we could track it was funny we we're tracking the the oil for a while mm-hmm. you know but we i've never tracked a truck before but that was fun, hoofing it through the field and sniffing corn stalks. Yeah. This is fresh oil. <laughs> but I was, I'm, and this was a Tuesday, Tuesday, Monday or Tuesday night, I think it was. It's like, bro, how are you so blindingly drunk on a Tuesday night or whatever? Five in the morning, four four thirty five in the morning. <laughs> like, what? What were you? What are you doing with your life, man? Uh, what does his truck look like? Was it demolished? It's pretty bad. I mean, it's totaled, obviously, but. Um, was the it, roof all 
the roof wasn't jacked up that I noticed. Um, just everything. It was the front end was like a V, obviously. How does that work? I'm so confused. Mm. <laughs> How do you? I assume he hit like the, the telephone pole at the bottom of it. He right. wasn't airborne or anything when he went through this telephone pole. I like, don't believe so. No. Ramped off the road and went through a telephone I pole. I don't believe so. No. That makes it even more impressive. I mean, it's one thing to shear off a telephone pole halfway up, but at the right bottom. Right at the base. He, was, he, he had to have been hauling ass. Like, that's my only, he was going so damn fast that he just right through there. I don't know. He's lucky he was in a truck and not a little car, though, and just wrapped it up around there yeah. and killed him. A very good possibility it would have. I mean, yeah, so that was a, that was a rather boring fire call that turned into a rather interesting one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, good times, good times. I'm just wondering, like, how do you hit a telephone pole that hard? You drink and still fucking keep driving. You drink three quarters of a bottle of tequila before you attempt it. <laughs> I think it'd take more than that. Jesus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've never been to that point where like I'd probably have to pass out once and then keep drinking and then. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've just never been to that point where, like, if I, you know, made the stupid decision to be driving. Like, I didn't know if even anybody was with me or, you know. I wonder if he was asleep or something at that point. Like he that's fell a, asleep uh, and his foot just got stomped down on the gas. And he just, yeah, that's, yeah, that's a possibility. A very good possibility. And then he just slowly woke up after he drove through a telephone pole. I, just, oh, I, no, I, would, ex- I? I would expect the telephone pole would wake a fella up pretty quick. You would think. <laughs> oh, my gosh. A telephone pull at 80 mile an hour. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, intelligence. That's and then not to be messed up, like injured horribly. And I was don't. the windshield all demolished too? Mm, I don't think so. I don't know. It's I. It was still it was still dark when we found it. It was still just the sun was just starting to come up, and I didn't really. I don't remember everything about it, but yeah, pretty messed up. Hmm. The stuff you run into. Have you seen literally <laughs> telephone poles? Have you seen that? Uh, I already know the answer to it, but that movie Gray Man with uh, the guy from the Notebook. What's his name? I I I don't know. I'm not. <laughs> I don't know the actors of the Notebook, Sam. <sighs> You know it. Don't act like you don't. Uh, Ryan Gosling. That's who it is. Yeah. So Ryan Gosling, he plays... Uh, have you ever seen The Notebook? I don't know. If I did, I think it was probably like... I don't think it was all of it. It was probably like... I think up at Careers, I remember like being... Like just sitting down in the basement or whatever. And mm. Alyssa was probably watching it. Mm. Yeah, it could be. But no, I've never Riveting. watched it alone by myself in my living room yeah whatever you know it word for word <laughs> it's not on my roku home screen <laughs> <laughs> riveting movie well anyway the actor from that ryan gosling he plays uh this movie that came out I, I believe it came out this year it was just it was on netflix um i think it was netflix or prime i don't know either way i saw it online somewhere called gray man um it's just an action kind of an action movie but the premise of the movie is they, they train this guy to be the gray man or whatever. Um, but he is in the movie. He's anything, but like everywhere he goes, like it just turns into this giant shit fest, like cars blown up and, you know, buildings being demolished and all that. Like it is the epitome of the, I mean, what a gray man isn't. It's like, it's a good movie. It's entertaining. Don't get me wrong, but 
it doesn't have really anything to do with being a gray man. So he didn't really take his training very well. Huh? Very, very seriously. I, I, I guess I don't know. But I mean, the premise of the movie is, you know, these guys go in unnoticed, you know, commit uh, assassinations or whatever, whatever, and get out unnoticed. So that's the premise of it, but it never works that way. But what would you say is like, that's, I think gray man has become a very a big buzzword in the last few years, like in the two way community. What would you say the definition of a gray man is? Um, not drawing attention to yourself. Um, being perceived as something you're not. Yeah. And appearance wise, and how you're, uh, and being prepared to defend yourself. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I guess. I would say it has a lot more to do with a. Um, there is a lot to do with appearance, right? But it also the prepared aspect of it, you know. Um, Wolf in sheep's clothing. Yeah, yeah, I would say that would that'd be a good, good way to, uh, good way to look at it. Um, uh, like I said, it has become a very big buzzword. Don't you agree? Like in the, in two A. I don't know about buzzword I don't really see it that very often but I I can see why you would think that yeah I mean people use it how they shouldn't I guess I don't know right or don't do you think it's stupid for someone to be like well I'm I'm gonna be the gray man or you know kind of like you know what I mean do you think that's kind of a ridiculous ridiculous thing to 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 Go after, or you think it has some merit? Well, of course, I would think it has some has some merit. I mean, there's people that want to be all tactical and shit, but I don't know. I don't. I, you're gonna have to elaborate on your question. <laughs> well, I just mean, I mean, like it just seems to me like uh, it just seems almost cliche, almost. Like, oh, I want to be like John Wick, you know, um, just just this the thing that you're um, aspiring to just because you've seen it in movies and you've seen it, you know, it seems cool to you. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. But you don't you think it actually has some some merit to it and a, a, a wise way to carry yourself a wise thing to aspire to. Do you not think it has merit? I do. I think I think the. Yes, I think the, um, you know, the way to act and the way to dress and the stuff like that absolutely has merit. But I think I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Maybe it's just to to me. Someone someone comes up to me and says, "Hey, I'm trying to be the gray man." You know, like it's like, well, uh, it's weird. You know, you're not being very good at, at it if you're announcing that you're absolutely <laughs> a gray man. Yeah, I mean, I think maybe it's like I said, I don't really see it around discussed that often but maybe people kind of take to it like people have taken to the word tactical tactical like Mm. it's cool to be the gray man but they're doing the total opposite by trying too hard by right buying all this stuff with tactical in the name and wearing it like 511 pants that are (laughs) 511 tactical pants that have it plastered all over and everyone knows that they're 511 tactical pants they're like no it says they're 
they're going to make me blend in. So right. they work. Well, everyone knows that. So no, they don't make you blend in. Do you think the average person um, knows what 511 is? I mean, as a, you know, do you think they know that the, they're I think a it's tactical a, company? I think it's a popular, popular enough company and name. I wouldn't say average, but I would say it's popular enough that you know it's it's not doing what they want it to do. It's yeah, it would be, and that's the other thing. Like it's not so much the average person because the average person usually has their nose buried in their phone and they're not paying attention to anybody around them, and it's not really them that you got to be concerned with. It would be the person, the people, you know, the predators or the you know the people, other people. Um, like you that would see that and it would immediately scream tactical to them. Would you agree? Yeah, I, I, I suppose. I mean, I don't know because 511 Tactical, they make a lot of other products as well too. I forget some of them. I was watching a video earlier. Somebody mentioned what else they made. They manufacture other shit too that a lot of just normal people normal things that normal people wear too. Yeah, that's true, I guess. But I do think like tactical looking pants, I mean, uh, that's probably not the best choice if you're out in public and you're trying to blend in as a non-combatant, non-threat to anyone. I wouldn't think that... Well, that kind of depends on where you are though too. It's not... Your environment will dictate it as well. I mean, you'd blend in pretty well at Chat Show. Oh, yeah. But, like, uh, say, a concert or something like that. Or uh, a day at the park. You know, something Mm -hmm. like that, maybe. And that's the other thing. Um, Like, I bought this particular... I bought this uh, L.A. police gear backpack. And it's got this tiny little thing right here. This this little patch. And you can barely... Can you read that from there? Mm -hmm. L.A.P.G. But I would say... The average person wouldn't have a freaking clue what LAPG means. Um, and there was a lot of people on the... There's a post that they put on Facebook like, oh, why'd you have to put a big badge on the back of it? Says LAPG. Like, ain't nobody knows. Like, the average person is not going to know what LAPG means. Hell, I wouldn't. Um, if you just... If I didn't buy the bag, I know what LA police gear is, but I never seen those letters, really. It's not a big... It's not a big enough company that you have, it's like, that's something to worry about, really, I don't think. But um, there were a lot of guys bitching about that in the comments. Um, but I was like, well, freaking put a, a, a patch over it, you know? Uh, if that's really that big of an issue to you, put a, a Jansport patch over the top of it or some shit like that, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I mean, I don't know. I'm not like I. I just don't know. I don't know, man. I don't. I'm not big on that kind of stuff. I guess, and that, that's more of a, just a regular dude <laughs> wants right. to look like a regular dude. I guess. Well, yeah, you're not like a really tactical guy. I'm not at big all. into the gear and shit. See, I am. And I, I don't want to be. I love the scene. I, I love the gear and stuff like that. Um, but I'm not. I also dress really non-tactical. I mean, I got jeans and a, and this is my average garb, jeans and just a sweatshirt and uh, cowboy boots. I mean, that's like the most untactical 
not a very tactical setup, but that's what I live my life in, you know? So it, I don't have to really attempt to to blend in because I pretty much do everywhere. Well, it's not always about it being tactical stuff, too. It can be about, like, what's that patch on your arm? What's, what's, what's that? Um, oh, okay, never mind. I thought that was something else. But you do, like, most of your apparel has something about freedom or firearms or something about uh, that. Like your hats. <laughs> yeah, but nobody knows what Shy Works <laughs> is. Yeah, that's true. And most people, I guess one of the sweat, my favorite sweatshirts is a Kilroy Arms. Um, yeah, and that's that would be kind of a giveaway, I guess, because it says arms on it, and the, the average person would recognize that, I guess. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't, I think, I think people are making out, like, I think people are making it out to be something that, yeah, it doesn't that it's too important to him. Like, just don't freaking dress like a like a tactical Timmy. And I think you'll be fine. You know, like the, a while back, we were in Denver. And I think I might have mentioned this on the podcast. Like we walked in, there was there was uh, myself and another guy and our two girlfriends. And we walk into the bar and they look in both of their purses. And just look me up and down. It's like, Hey man, how's it going? Let me in. Well, I got a freaking, uh, a Glock 43 in my waistband. It's like, how, how do you think that a woman's going to be carrying and you're not checking any of the guys? Mm-hmm. Like to me, that was like, that, that doesn't make any sense, you know? And that's just a person I think doing their job and not really thinking using their, you know, using, using their head. They're just being told what they're supposed to do. But that, that, that cracked me up. Cause it was like, you know, I mean, <laughs> didn't make any sense to me. Um, well, what was it when we went to that hockey game that we were we were worried about carrying? Yeah, we were told that they had metal detectors there, so we had to lock our guns up in the car. And then we walked in, and we totally, we one hundred percent could have got in without. <laughs> right. Yeah. Or carrying, I guess. Yeah, they that, did wand us. I think did they or didn't they? I. Maybe they didn't. I no, they didn't. I don't think so. I think they just made us like hold up our fucking whatever we had in our pockets. Oh, and walk through. There was a metal detector, but yeah, but they didn't make us set the metal the things in our pockets down. So we had our our phones and keys and stuff in our hand as we walked through the metal detector, and it, and was, it went off. Right, and they're just like, yeah, whatever. And they were like, okay, well, that's all you have on you. I'm not sure what that what that was accomplished. Absolutely nothing, probably. But that's, yeah. Um, I, I thought, too, that that's something like um, just appearing as a... Um, appearing docile and a non-combatant, non-threatening or whatever when there are laws and venues and stuff that are that are restricting you from carrying. I mean, that's a good that's a good way to... To do, I mean, because if you walk in to a venue and you're, you know, you look like a tactical Timmy and you're wearing a freaking NRA shirt and, uh, you know, cargo pants or whatever, they're probably going to suspect you a little bit more than the average Joe Small wearing a freaking nine inch nails T-shirt and, you know, sweatpants or wh- or whatever mm-hmm. it is. So, I mean, that, that, I think that's one area where that could be slightly important maybe so like your behavior and the way you act i mean that's a big part of of um being the gray man too 
I would I would think. Oh, of course. Um, <coughs> I don't know because there's the always the aspect about making yourself a hard target as well, rather than acting or walking around mm-hmm. like you're harmless. Yeah. yeah, that's true. In that part of it as well. I think a lot of that has to do with how you carry yourself. Oh yes, that's pretty much what it is. Um, and whether you have you know your your face buried in your phone or you're act- actually aware of your your surroundings and you're walking confidently or if you have your shoulders down you know and you're walking in a way that's um uh you're not carrying yourself in a confident way you would be viewed as a much easier target than you know someone that's walking around com- confidently i suppose what do you think the and another buzzword that I don't really particularly like is sheepdog. I've never really been a huge fan of that one either. What do you think? That, what's like the definition you would say of sheep being a sheep? The dog? people that are fans of the of the term <coughs> seem to call themselves the protector of everyone else, of the people that don't carry and aren't part of the firearm world or the self defense world and shit like that. Mm-hmm. In my in my mind, it's kind of a. Uh, I don't know the right word. Maybe narcissistic is the only word that I can come up with. It's like a I'm more capable than you. You're not capable of protecting yourself. It's kind of viewing yourself as better than the rest of the of the people. Wouldn't you say though that 99% of the people in America are not capable of protecting themselves and are ignorant and not um prepared to defend their life probably i wouldn't probably probably not 90 percent, but i would say i would say like yeah i and, and to to be clear a sheepdog is a person that, that um carries a gun and with the intent to protect and serve those around him essentially mm-hmm. you know is going to dive into any situation you know regardless of his own safety because he feels like that's his job. It's his to defend someone else. Well, there's the part of it as well from the book that we were reading, Violence of Mind, talking about mission. Mm-hmm. And it's not, I mean, like my mission is to get home safe. Right. And protect my family and my loved ones. So, no, I'm not a sheepdog. I'm not going to jump into every single situation where something might be going wrong. Couldn't it be the honorable thing to do? Sure, but I'm also putting myself and my family and friends in danger when I when I do that. I mean, of course, there's a million different situations that we could apply here, and it's not always the case. But if my mission is to get home safely and protect my family and my loved ones, I'm not a sheepdog because I'm not going to jump into every single situation unless it furthers my mission. Yeah, I, we were just talking about this last night, actually. Um, and the the book he's referring to is is a is Varg Freeborn um, called Violence of Mind. If you're interested in it, um, go to our our website and join the the forum and the Discord and everything. We have a we got a book club that we're we're reading that that book in. Um, and it does. He's talking about the mission, like before you start carrying. They're talking about defining your mission, and that book is really actually eye opening for me, because I don't think that that is my particular mission is to only 
is to only get home safe. Like, um, I do appreciate that there are a lot of times where, and it's the best is to not inter not to intervene. And that in that particular book, he's talking about um, he was in a um. Well, did this situation actually happen about the pe- the pedophile clerk? Did that was actually did that actually happen, or was that? That's how I understood it. So he was in a uh, a convenience store and it got held up, um, whatever. And the you know the the guy ended up getting away. I don't think he intervened or whatever. He he wasn't there at that particular time. That's what it was. Um, but if he would have been in that store and he intervened and he ended up shooting the the robber or whatever, well, it came out later down the road that that clerk that he would have been defending the life of was a was a pedophile and had a bunch of child porn and all this well shit yeah the story was that the the clerk the pedophile had assaulted the shooter's daughter or whatever right so the moral of that story is you don't know what's what you don't know you don't know what was going on previously in that in that situation so it might look cut and dried to you um but i think Ultimately, he he's right, and this kind of really opens a lot of people's eyes. Is you don't you don't know, so you stay the hell out of it. Because I mean, if you if you do take a life and you defend that person, you're gonna have have all this this headache of legal troubles and all this stuff. And for what that person could have been, you know, a horrible freaking person. Um, so that was really eye opening um, for me from that book. Um, and the other thing it talks about is just staying out of, of violent situations altogether. Like, and I was telling my girlfriend last night, like, what if we're walking, you know, just walking out of this particular restaurant and some dude slaps her ass or whatever, like me inside of me, it's about honor and respect and pride for me. So I would uh, confront the guy, but it talks about in this book, like, you don't know who that, how far that person is willing to go. Like, are you willing to, to kill to defend that honor and that respect? Because that person that you confront, he very well may be. So if he's ready, if he's willing to go there and you're not willing to go there, you're going to lose that fight. Um, so that's really, I mean, that was really eye opening for me and like kind of hurt my pride a little bit, like realizing that, wow, that's very, very real. Um, so that's hard for me to, to wrap my head around a little bit kind of, but back to, back to you talk about what your mission is. I don't think my mission is the same quite as yours, because if it was me and we're talking about, um, say some shooter walked into that bar, into the restaurant yesterday. Like, I don't think that I could live my life like, yes, I would get my, my loved ones out of there first, but I don't think that I could live with myself if I just walked out and was done. Just excuse myself from the situation. Well, that's not what I'm saying. I don't do either. But that's I mean, obviously book, my like, life is in danger if there's a, sh- if there's a shooter in a restaurant blasting people away. But if I'm you're if, there, you right. But there was like two or three rooms in this situation in this restaurant, like he was in the front room and you're not in, in immediate danger at that point. Obviously you're in danger, but not immediate danger. Like do you just recuse yourself from the situation situation or do you, you know, and I told Kendra, probably what I would do is make sure she's out the back door, get as far away as possible. And then, you know, I, I don't feel like 
I could live with myself if I just did not engage. You know what I mean? I don't think that I could do that. It depends on the exact situation, I suppose. It absolutely does. I mean, that's, we can but make up a million different situations. Yeah, I've, I would have a hard time as well. Yeah. Not not going in. But. I don't. Yeah, but and that's that's the thing though. Like you have to think about those situations before they happen because, and you know that's a massive decision to make. Like in opening up yourself to to all those things, you know whether it's obviously death and extreme bodily harm, let alone uh, legal situations and all that stuff. Like you need to be thinking about those situations before you ever before you ever step out of your out of your house with a gun because you only have milliseconds to make a lot of those decisions. And if you're not thinking about them beforehand, you're probably gonna make the wrong decision for yourself. I would say. Yeah. I mean I don't the act I don't like the the shooter situation. I don't like making up uh, scenarios like that because there's so many different variables, and I don't know. It's different for me because I, like I say, it's my mission is to get myself and my friends and my family home safe. But if I'm the only one there, it's a little bit different for me. Then, oh, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's way easy. It'd be way easier to go in there than run away for me because I wouldn't have anybody else to my family to worry about at that point. Right. Yeah. And that's one aspect we talked about too. Like, you know, like I don't have children to get home to. Yeah. And that changes. I don't have to take care of anyone at this point in my life. I mean, further down the road, my answer may change to that situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would agree. Um, that's a, that was one aspect we talked about too. Like, you know, right now I, I do have a girlfriend who, you know, and that's, you have to think about that, but say down the road, you know, you, you have a wife and kids and that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother ball game. So, um, but yeah, I definitely recommend reading that book of Varg Freeborn violence of mind. Uh, it's a uh, really eye opening as far as, you know, what your, what your true mission should be when you're, uh, carrying, uh, a firearm for self-defense it's it's just not as cut and dried like it seems pretty cut and dried when you strap that gun on you know uh, nice and easy but then you you think about all these other all the other scenarios and situations that may goes down it's kind of kind of pretty eye-opening 95 percent of care of people who carry have a situation in mind of how it's going to go down if they do ever have to use their firearm Mm. And it's always the ideal scenario. Mm-hmm. Like the shooter is going to have his back turned or something, or I'm just going to pull him out, pull it out, and pop him one in the face, and it's going to be over. It's not going to happen like that. I'm sorry, but right, it's not how things go down. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be what you think it is. And you're not as good of a shooter as you think you are. Yeah, a lot of those situations. Like if you go on and you Google and you read the news article, the news articles that talk about the actual, you know, self defense shootings and stuff like that. It's always it's always messy. There's always extenuating circumstances, and there's always, you know, a lot of times the shooter gets killed or injured, or you know, and it's just not as cut and dried as you as you really think it's going to be. 
no, it seems like it's it's never that way almost. You, you know, you hear the this once in a lifetime stories of uh, you know the preferred shooting or self defense shooting, but those rarely rarely ever happen. And it's the same people too that haven't actually pondered what life is going to be like after they after they take a life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you're going to have to deal with the uh, legal aspect of it. You're going to have to deal with the mental aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, what evidence do you have that you can that you can mentally handle taking someone's life? What makes you believe that you're strong enough to do that? Killing a deer ain't like killing a person. So why do you believe that, oh, I, I'm just going to shoot that dude in the face and go on with life and I'm going to be totally fine? No, probably not. <laughs> I believe that's probably going to fuck you up pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah, I would say. What do you think about, um, and we've talked about this many times on the show, but isn't there a lot of uh, self-defense insurance? That I think some of those include um, therapy therapists with them. I think that's probably a, probably a, a, a fairly important aspect. Um, and I've been saying I need to get that for years, and I do. I just, you know me, I'm just. You a, should probably quit saying that on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I should do that. Yeah, everybody get it, but I'm. I'm just gonna <laughs> keep putting it off. Well, if anybody listens to this podcast, they know that I'm a raging procrastinator. So, and we're hypocrites. <laughs> very, yeah. Do as we say, not as we do. <laughs> that's right. Actually, don't do as we uh, do as we say. <laughs> we don't know fucking anything. Uh, yeah, I don't know. You have any uh, <clears throat> clothing closing thoughts on uh, being a gray man box? I didn't even know that was what we were still talking about. We kind of moved on from that. To- well, we to the sheepdog. Yeah, the overreaching aspect is still mm, the same. Not really. What else do we got? Uh, not a whole lot. I think it's gonna be uh, I think it's gonna be a pretty short episode today. Actually, it's a Sunday. Sunday. Uh, it's about afternoon right I now. I got half a drink left. We got to come up with something. The freaking clocks just changed. Which I didn't even realize that until I woke up at seven o'clock this morning and I was like, "Why am I awake right now? And why do I not want to go back to bed?" This is something's mm. up. I hate that. I freaking hate it. Dumbest thing in the world. Like, the, you know the reason why uh, daylight savings time came to be. Farmers. Absolutely. It was because farmers didn't have enough daylight during the day to, to plant their crops and harvest their crops and do all the things that they needed to do. So they were like, oh, hey, how about if we make daylight savings time during the summer? It extends longer, so it's laid out longer. Brilliant idea. Okay, great. That seems wonderful. Well, now nobody fuck, nobody needs that. They don't need... The, the farmers have, they can light up the whole freaking fields. They don't need, it doesn't, daylight savings times does not serve a purpose anymore other than to piss everybody off. I was reading this morning too that, I think it was in March that the House or whatever passed a resolution to right. have mm-hmm. daylight savings times, savings time be permanent. Mm-hmm. And then I was reading about the, uh, why it should be the opposite of that where we should just cancel daylight savings time or should we should it should be this time no all year long and they say it's way better for the body and the mind and there's like science backed evidence to say that how is it better in any way because you, your body never fully adjusts to daylight savings time 
I adjust wonderfully. It's it's awesome. Daylight savings. I don't know. Time I feel. I felt everybody's. I felt a whole lot fucking. But what do you mean? Daylight savings time rolled around. Rolls around. Then you got to adjust your sleep back an hour. Yeah, but it's light an hour later. Everybody, that's the best part. Like we don't live. Know. We don't live in Alaska, man. I don't want this getting dark at five thirty shit. And another part of it was uh, children have to go to go to school in the dark. I saw something about uh, Florida. Florida actually already passed it, something about this, but it doesn't go into effect unless it's passed federally, mm-hmm. which why the fuck would you pass it on a state level if it gets changed federally? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I don't understand that. But they did that because there was children like getting hit by cars and stuff in the, in the morning on their way to school while it was still dark. It's never dark. It's What time does the sun come up? It's not dark around 8 o'clock. Well, they're going to school earlier than 8 o'clock. I suppose. Yeah, well, our school always started at 8.30. Um, yeah, and, and to, your, to your point about being better for you, like, scientifically speaking, it is better if you wake up and it's light out. There is a bunch of benefits, actually, to, to um, exposing your eyes and your body to actual sunlight. It's supposed to, it does help wake you up a lot better and there are a lot of health benefits to it. I can see that. I don't, I just don't like it. I don't, I don't like the fact that there's nothing worse. I don't, I mean, what's the, what's the fucking difference? It it, it gets dark at nine o'clock or it gets dark at 10 o'clock. I don't give a fuck if it gets dark at nine o'clock in the summer. Yeah, but it gets dark at like five o'clock right now. So? I hate that. There's it's cold outside. I don't want to be outside in the evening anyway. So I don't give a shit. Yeah. Yeah, but I guess I'm outside a lot more than most people is. But Dude, you work at your house in a garage. Why are you outside more than most people? I spend a lot of time a lot of time outdoors and stuff. In the winter? I grill all all winter. I walk around, I you know, back and forth to the girls all winter and yeah, absolutely. I I spend a decent amount of time outside still. But I I just yeah, I mean, I I would be 100% for making daylight savings time permanent, and we, I'm sure there's other, you know, other viewpoints, but they're stupid. Well, part of it is, I mean, it, I don't know much about, they say it screws up your circadian rhythm. I don't know what the, really. Your what sleep the, cycle. Well, yeah. yeah. They say you you never really fully adjust to daylight savings time, but then I got to thinking, well, we're switching that twice a year, so... That's what happens if yeah? What happens if we if it's permanent? Do we eventually adjust then? And do these health benefits circle over? To I would I would say time? So they, I don't know. I would say they absolutely have to. I I don't see how they how they couldn't like because over a long enough period of time, of course, you're going to adjust to something. But when does it switch back? Like in April or March? April? Sometime? It's got to be March. I don't know. I would say, yeah, something like that. So there's only, yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I've just never been a fan. I've always, always hated non-daylight savings time. March 13th. March 13th. Wow, I was right about something. Wow. No, that rarely happens. <laughs> so we got a, a 3D printed frame sitting on the, uh, if you're watching the video, I'll just I brought this to sh- to show box. Um, that is just a, a Glock 19 Gen 3 style uh, printed frame that 
I have a cheap printer. I think I spent like 225 bucks for that thing. Hold it up in front of your face. They'll be able to see it better. Right here. Farther back. That's how to focus there. How about how about here? Right there. There you go. Nailed it. <laughs> this is, Yeah, but this is just a... Um, it's modeled after the Strike Industries frame. Kind of looks similar to it. And this is just a fel color film one I had, so I'll probably sprint some black. Um, but I'm really excited about this. It's just a, it's a freaking cheap printer, $225, and it puts out like super stupid good quality. I mean, you got to spend some time tuning it and, and learning how to use it. But I hereby declare gun control pretty much dead at this point. I mean, because it's getting to the point where now, I mean, you can say this, this would probably last several hundred rounds, I would assume. I, you know, I got some, obviously a lot of testing to do with it yet, but there are a lot of people getting several hundred rounds out of them, up to over a thousand rounds. So say you put in, you know, a few hundred rounds in this. Oh, okay. It's getting kind of used. Let me print another one for, it cost me like $3 and 76 right. cents to print this or something like that. So just have another one printed and you can just take all, say this thing does finally bust. Take all the freaking parts kit out of it, throw it in the other one, bam, you're good to go again. And there's, the, the technology like just keeps advancing at such a rate. Like imagine where we're going to be that's in 10 on, years. And that's on like a beginner level 3D printer. Oh yeah, it's Ender 3 V2. This is like the the entry level printer um, that you know a lot of people recommend for you to get. So it's a... Uh, just think where we're going to be in 10 years with like resin and filament technology. Like it's advancing. We'll print so that in five minutes. This one took this particular one because I printed, I printed it such a, I guess, high resolution, um, low, um, line width or whatever. <laughs> but, um, this one took 18, 19 hours to print. I think my other one printed it about 12, but, just there's a printer out right now that would print this in probably half to a third of the time. The Bamboo Labs Carbon X1. That's uh, people are just starting to receive them now, so I'm gonna wait a little while before I snag that one. But uh, I'm I'm pretty excited where the technology is going because eventually it's gonna get to the point where those like you're you're talking about nylon and nylon with carbon fiber eventually we're going to get very close to filaments and resins um, being as strong as injection molded or very close to as strong as injection molded parts. And I don't think we're that far out from having at-home metal 3D printers. No, we're not. So we're going to be able to fucking <laughs> build anything and everything. There's I mean... Probably not barrels or something like that, but there's actually ways that you can make rifled barrels at home. They're very rudimentary, but they're, the technology Does is it have there something to do with electric and like electricity. Yes, I think I've seen something. About yeah, that and I'm not. Ago, I haven't so, yeah. looked in how how it actually works, but there's some very smart people like developing this stuff. That that's crazy. The kind of stuff that you can build right at home. So, um, yeah, another ten years, and it's going to be like. But the thing is, the thing that just blows my mind is, according to the law, this thing that I printed in my own home, brisk press go and it, and it spewed it out, is a firearm. And it's illegal for some people to possess this. And in some states, this is completely illegal. Like, how much sense does that make? Like, so it's to the point now where a firearm is readily accessible in your, you can print, you can literally print whatever you want. Oh well, you can't do this. You can't. You can't print this in your own home. It's like, 
how far are those laws gonna <laughs> gonna take us? Like, what are what are the the they're useless at this point, wouldn't you say? I mean, relatively, they've always been useless. Well, absolutely, but this that this makes them, I would say, even more so to the point where they're just laughable. It's just a laughing stock anymore. Technology is just going to speed up the government's need for power. Uh huh. Absolutely. The faster technology advances, the more government is like, we got to control that. Yeah. They're going to try, but I don't think that they're, I mean, with decentralized technology and stuff going on, you know, there's no way for them to, to control the files. There's no way for them to truly control the information. I mean, they can try, they can make it illegal to, uh, what's the word they use? Disseminate this information. Why the hell is, is seminate like, why does that mean? Oh, I get it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> no, now uh, it clicks, huh, Now Sam? it clicks. Okay. <laughs> Never mind. Excuse my friend. Uh, <laughs> he's a little slow. I understand why that, what that term means. Okay. It took me a, it took me a hot minute there, but yeah, I mean, they're going to like, did you see, um, ghost gunner just released a new, uh, the G a new version of their GS three, their ghost gunner just now or a while back. I remember we talked about it. Well, this was, this is the same one, but this isn't updated. They flashed the firmware or whatever, the updated. So you can do a lot more, like you can do RMR cuts and stuff on your Mm -hmm. Glocks and stuff like that. And it's more open source. So you can put in, um, you know, pretty much mill whatever you want out of it. Now they're targeting gun shops. And uh, I got an email from them the other day, actually target, you know, looking to get people like me, those things. So I can do like RMR cuts right there in the shop and stuff like that. So the technology on those is getting scary good too are you gonna do that <coughs> um probably not i think um i'm actually gonna spend uh probably about twice the amount i think and get a, a actual full scale mm. cnc that's anyway i don't know if that's gonna happen or not but that's kind of my plan right now so but even that little tech, that desktop CNC, this kind of stuff you can do, you know, you can mill uh, 1911 frames and, and all sorts of uh, AR frames and stuff. Just crazy amounts of badass shit. You remember a while back we talked about that ghost gunner thing, um, that it would mill out the lower, um, and then there was a the buffer tube attachment, and then the the lower part too. You bought those two pieces, and then you bolted it onto your... Vaguely. Okay, so you can buy those buffer tube pieces. You know, it's just the back end of that buffer tube where the buffer tube, the receiver extension um, screws into. You can buy those, and then you can print the rest of the AR receiver and bolt that buffer tube piece on there because that's always been the low, the weak point of mm-hmm. of 3D-printed AR parts is the buffer tube extension or the receiver extension. So I'm going to order one of those and... Print up me, uh, print me up a AR lower and and see how that works. And who knows? I mean, that might uh, there's still going to be a weak point in there at some point, you know, somewhere whether it bolts where it bolts on or something. But pretty freaking cool. I'm pretty excited about about that too. There's a Cerakote just sent out a email the other day, and I might have mentioned this to you about 3D printing and Cerakoting parts. And there's a um, I think it's this week, this upcoming week, 
there is a online webinar that they're putting on about it. So I going to tune into that and see exactly what the, what the heck they're doing in that aspect of it too. I'm not sure what they're up to, but kind of interesting. I love 3d printing and, and Cerakote. And if I could combine the two, heck yeah, kind of excited about that. So we shall see, I guess. I wonder what that could be. Well, um, there's a lot of um, 3D printed parts like that aren't necessarily UV stable or, you know, something or so if they're left out in the sunlight, you know, they decompose. So you a little coat bit. them in something that is UV stable? Right. Like H series and typical stuff that they put on guns is not, but the C series is a, is a lot more uh, UV stable. So I assume that that's what they're doing. Then also you don't have to put that in, a, in an oven, you know, it's just air mm-hmm. gear or whatever. So. I'd assume that's kind of what they're up to, but then it also has aspects of, you know, Cerakote has um, some abrasion resistance and um, it's very slick. So that could help in some aspects too, of it too, if it's, you know, a, an intermingling part with another one or something like that, you know. So I don't know. I'll, uh, I'll report back on what exactly it is they're doing, but I'm kind of intrigued on that whole aspect of things mm-hmm. as well. Interesting. Yep, yep. Well, Box, I ain't got a whole lot else to chat about on this here podcast, so we were going to talk about uh, a couple other topics that were pretty interesting, so we're going to get some more information on those, though, and I think next time maybe we'll we'll chat about those things. Got some, So we'll have some good ones coming up I'm kind of excited about, so... Yeah, if you enjoy if you enjoy what we're doing, make sure you go to Life Short Live Free and join the forum and the Discord as well. Or you can download the whole app. We have a LSLF app. Go to the Google Play Store, Play Store and search for Freedom Gospel or LSLF, and that'll take you right to our app. You can uh, join the the forum, the Discord, the Facebook group. Surf our our website, all sorts of good stuff right from the app right there. Listen to the podcast, watch our videos. So make sure you go and do that. And if you if you are enjoying it, make sure you share it with your friends. We always greatly appreciate that. So make sure you're checking out our sponsors, Ballistic Imagery, BallisticImagery.com, as well as ShyWorks at ShyWorks.com. They're both on Facebook as well. So go and, go and check them out. And uh, lastly, once again, if you enjoy what we do, go to SubscribeStar.com, search Life Short, Live Free, and you can contribute to the podcast for less than a cup of coffee Per episode, and you do get goodies and returns on that stuff. So make sure you're you're going and checking that out. Box, anything to add in closing? Uh, the app is the only place that you can join the Discord app. Actually, yeah, absolutely. That's the only place the invite link link is posted, and you can't find it without downloading the app. So, and the Discord is way more active than any other platform that we have. Yeah, and also it's a, it's only an Android app because uh, iPhone is a shitload more difficult and expensive. So if you do want to be part of the Discord, let us know. We'll send you the link if you're on uh, on an iPhone, and uh, you can still join that way. So, anyways, guys, we appreciate you sticking around. Till we talk to you next time. Remember, life short, live free, and God bless. And God bless the United States of America. Defund the ATF. Repeal the NFA. <laughs>